Hello and welcome to From Beta Cells to Bicycles, the official podcast of the BC Diabetes Research Network. I'm Krista Lamb and today I'll be sharing my interview with Dr. Francis Lin. Dr. Lin is an associate professor in the Department of Surgery at the School of Biomedical Engineering at the University of British Columbia. He is working with beta cells and stem cells in the search for improved treatments for diabetes. Before our interview starts, just a note that in the COVID times, we're doing all of our interviews remotely, so there may be a few small sound issues as everyone manages the new normal. Thanks for your understanding. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lin. It's really nice to have you here. Thanks. Good to be here. So first of all, let me say congratulations. I know that you and your team recently received a CIHR JDRF Teams grant, which is a wonderful thing. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, sure. So it's a call that was put together by the the JDRF and the CIHR to celebrate the 100th anniversary of insulin. Uh, And the goal of the call was to improve the generation of stem cell-derived insulin replacement cells or insulin producing replacement cells. And so we were lucky to be funded and uh, really excited to get going on the work. Yeah, it's really exciting to hear about these sorts of projects, especially because we know that since the Edmonton Protocol happened in the year 2000, people have been really excited about the prospect of islet transplants. But with so few donor islets available, there's been a lot of push to try and find ways to make this something that could potentially be accessible to people with type 1 diabetes. Can you tell me a little bit more about the project that you guys will be working on? Sure. So one of the major kind of shortcomings of the current approaches to generate insulin producing cells is that the the cells that we can generate in the lab don't work as well as cells that are found in healthy people. And we don't really have a very good grasp on why that is. And so the main sort of aim of the grant is to delve into that and figure out uh, where these deficiencies are in our stem cell derived cells. And then how we can overcome those efficiencies to actually improve the generation of a more functional cell uh, that then would we think would be more effective in people with uh, type 1. Yeah, and I think for people with type 1, that brings a lot of hope because I know that while people have had really successful islet transplants, they often don't last for very long. And while they bring really, um, really positive response in terms of blood glucose monitoring and being able to maintain your blood glucose levels. There's a lot that can go wrong. And especially when you're using donor islets, it can be very, very challenging. So does your project look at some of these elements of that? Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit. I think we're more interested in in focusing in on the cells, but part of the project is to understand how we might improve transplant outcomes. I guess uh, one thing Uh, to note is that if we had a readily available source of replacement cells, we wouldn't be limited uh, in the number of times we could transplant uh, someone with type 1. So in the interim, but while we're figuring out how to avoid immune rejection of these cells, we could just do multiple transplantations. Uh, And so I think there's, uh, you know, there there are various ways to get around that problem uh, if we have enough cells to help people. And so that's another major issue with cadaveric or organ donor islets uh, 
currently. And you mentioned working with beta cells. And one of the things that you're best known for is your work in beta cell biology and helping to sort of fix the dysfunction of beta cells. And what was it that inspired you to do that type of work? So uh, initially I was inspired by uh, or motivated to, to get into the field of diabetes research um, by my grandmother who uh, had uh, diabetes and had a really hard time managing her glucose levels. Uh, and then along the way, I just found some amazing mentors that kept me interested and, and motivated. Uh, and it just evolved into where I am today. So I started out uh, studying the incretin hormones. And then I went to the States and did some work in a developmental biology lab. And now I'm kind of combining those two interests to kind of understand how beta cells form during development uh, and how we might use that knowledge to improve the generation of stem cell-based uh, therapies. And it's really interesting that you mentioned the story of your grandmother, because for a lot of discovery-level scientists, when I talk to them, they say, oh, well, I, I had no connection to diabetes, but I was just really interested in the physiology. And then once I got to know people in the community, that was really inspiring. So have you had the chance to work with a lot of people living with diabetes in terms of through JDRF and Diabetes Canada and the other funding organizations? I don't know about work with, but I've definitely interacted with a lot of people with, with type 1 over the years. I can never appreciate fully what it's like to live every day with the disease, but I can definitely appreciate how hard it can be. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't blame that I know what it's like to be a person with type 1, um, but I think I have a, a general idea, I think. <laughs> I do think that there's something to be said for the community around diabetes, and I don't live with type 1 either, but I know that the more time you spend within the community, the more inspired that you can be to, to do incredible work to further the research, and that's been really true for me, and I wonder if that's something that you find as well. Yeah, I think so. It's always inspiring to meet people that are, that are passionate about finding solutions to problems, and people with type 1 tend to be that have that mindset. And so that's really helpful to be a researcher, uh, to have that kind of support behind you. And with the BC Diabetes Research Network, one of the great things about that is that it brings together all of these various researchers from so many different areas to talk about the work and to see how they can work collaboratively to come up with new solutions. Have you found that helpful to your work? Yeah, I think it's been a great effort so far. I mean, this whole grant that we were just funded to, uh, to do is, uh, I don't know, half of the people were in the BC Diabetes Research Network, and we've kind of developed relationships over the years. Um, and then, you know, uh, it's, it's having our trainees interact more closely, not only within Vancouver, but across the province, I think has also really been helpful. So I'm looking forward to the future. Of uh, the BCDRN, I hope we, we can keep it going for a few more years at least. And speaking of the future, what are you looking forward to with your ongoing research? I know you have a lot of really exciting projects, including the one that we've talked about with the Teams grant, but what are some of the things you're hoping to achieve over the next little while? Uh, well, we're, in the last couple of days, we've just been looking at some really cool data on uh, another project uh, uh, that we've been doing with Bruce, Sir Sher, and Megan Levings. Uh, about 
uh, stem cell derived beta cells and how we might avoid immune rejection of, of stem cell derived beta cell grafts. Uh, and we've genetically modified some stem, and that works funded by the stem cell network. Uh, and so we've genetically modified the insulin producing cells. So they produce something that uh, we think might repel the, the attack on the beta cells. And so we've just got some pretty cool data on that. And, uh, so that's one project that we're, we're excited about. We're also excited about a new factor we've discovered uh, that we think might regulate beta cell growth. Uh, so another way to help people with diabetes is to uh, stimulate the remaining beta cell mass uh, that exists to grow. Uh, and that's a really tricky proposition, but a lot of researchers around the world are interested in, in trying to do that. So we think we have a, a factor that might be druggable that we might be able to uh, use to push growth a little bit. So we're excited about that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's some bright spots in this otherwise dreary year, uh, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I can say that with full uh, with full confidence because I know this year I was supposed to be in BC uh, doing these interviews in person with you guys, but uh, one yeah. pandemic and we uh, we switched to virtual, which you know good and bad. But in thinking about that, next year is going to be a really big year for diabetes. It's the 100th anniversary of the discovery of insulin, which happened in Canada. Lots of exciting things going on. And as you look forward in the field, um, not just with your own work, what are you most excited about as we move into the next century? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm excited about stem cells. I think I'm, I'm pretty excited about kind of artificial pancreas technology as well. Uh, and so, you know, I think that, that there's a lot of hope that could potentially be uh, and, a, and a lot of promise in that field as well. I'm excited about new technologies that are coming online and, and applying those to my research. Uh, and yeah, and I'm, I'm excited about, you know, finding some more trainees for my lab to help me help us uh, kind of push the boundaries here. So as far as I can say, those are things I'm somewhat excited about. I'm not very excitable person. So <laughs> this is about the, the peak excitement you'll get out of me. <laughs> That's totally fair. I usually have enough enthusiasm for everybody. So we're good. And one of the things that I think is really exciting going into this, and, and you've talked about this, the artificial pancreas, the things that are happening with stem cells is one of the things that I've heard a lot of people talk about recently, which I kind of agree with, is that there's no, there's not necessarily going to be one cure. We're all looking at the idea of the, as Dr. Peter Sr. calls it, the C word, cure, which really, for a lot of people with type 1, they've been hearing this for years and years and years, and it's never happened. Um, but we have so many things that are close to becoming really great options so that people have so many different, um, you know, maybe you prefer an artificial pancreas, maybe you prefer CGM, maybe you prefer to have an islet transplant, maybe there are all these different options that may work better for a person. And as someone working at the really discovery level uh, of some of these projects, what are you thinking about in terms of what you see as fundamental to the next phases of maybe not a cure, but treatments? Yeah, uh, I think we don't always need to think about a, a, a cure. Uh, but thinking about a cure will get us further towards that. And so what I mean is essentially similar to what I said earlier. I mean, stem cell derived beta cells could be a cure uh, down the road, uh, but in, in, 
uh, moving towards that cure, just having a readily available source of cells that could be transplanted safely, even if they were rejected by the immune system over a specific amount of time, uh, would allow people with diabetes to live a lot more normal life. Uh, and so, you know, ultimately we might come up with a stem cell derived replacement that could last for years and years, be immunoprotected and allow people to completely stop taking insulin and, and monitoring sugars. But in the meantime, I think there's lots of hope that sort of an intermediary or intermediate uh, therapeutic goal will happen based on a stem cell uh, derived product. So yeah, I, I think there's lots of hope and we shouldn't only be focused on that cure, but focused on the promise of getting towards that cure. And I think that sort of same thinking could be applied across the board to most uh, kind of approaches, like the, the artificial pancreas approaches that's come a long way in the last 10 years. Uh, and, and, you know, it'll, it'll continue to improve with AI and other things. So I think it's important to focus on, on the shorter term as well uh, and keeping hope for that those advances. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been really wonderful. And I'm so glad you were able to join us on the show today. So thank you so much. Thanks. It's great to be here. I look forward to listening to future podcasts. You've been listening to From Beta Cells to Bicycles, a podcast from the BC Diabetes Research Network. If you'd like more information on the network, visit diabetesbc.ca. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe so you can learn about even more of the diabetes research being done here in British Columbia. Thanks for listening.